Empire State Building is one of America's most iconic buildings and once held the title of the world's tallest building. But did you also know an army bomber plane crashed into it 77 years ago? We'll talk about how this freak accident occurred and a couple of incredible survivor stories, including one that put a woman in the Guinness Book of World Records for surviving the longest free fall in an elevator. Next on Technically a Conversation. super friends. Welcome to another episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we like to share an interesting topic with each other, which we've recently learned and hope you find it interesting too. I'm one half of your hosts, Isela. Joining me as always is the awesome Jose. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? (laughs) Good. You were doing, for those of you who obviously can't see everybody, you were doing like the little like Johnny Five is Alive dance. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a weird, I don't know what that is. Well, when you said the very awesome Jose, I felt like I needed to do a little dance or something. Oh, <laughs> is that how you get down on a quinceanera? <laughs> Sadly, yes. Why are you still going to quinceaneras? Damn. I'm just My family's like rabbits. They have too many kids. Oh, it's a lot of love. It's a lot of love. <laughs> That's very true. Brief reminder, we still have that wonderful opportunity to win your very own Technically a Conversation t-shirt. Tell them what they got to do, Jose. It's very simple. Just leave us a review. Send us a screenshot to one of our socials. We're at Greetings TAC Everywhere. Once we have 25 reviews, we'll pick one and give the winner a sexy, technically a conversation t-shirt. So check out all the details at technicallyaconversation.com or the show notes. And thank you to everyone who has submitted one. We're on our way to the 25. Yeah, I think we've got like... 14? Yes, so we've got 11 more to go. Yeah. Not not too far off. <laughs> Show us some love, peeps. Yeah, please. Shout out time. Here's the list, y'all. The loyal, the royal queens. Elena and Erica. The Duke. Stephen B. And welcome our new listener, Andy T. Thank you for joining us. We hope you can learn something totally useless, but still going to be fun either way. Yes, and welcome. On to our topic. Did you ever think you wanted to be in the Guinness Book of World Records? Yes. Yeah? What did you uh, imagine yourself you would want to be in there for? I already am. Chaw your lips! I'm the world's tallest midget. (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know if that's really a thing, and I don't think you qualify for that. (laughs) That's funny. There are some really weird categories in there. So one of them I saw was like, A person who has survived the most surgeries. That's pretty wild. By the way, it's Charles Jepson, who had 970 surgeries to remove skin cancer tumors. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, poor guy. But 970 surgeries. Damn, son, that's a lot. Hopefully he was an American because those medical bills would have killed him. I would have been like, fuck it. I'll just live with the cancer. No, you're not. (laughs) Cancer, that's awful. (laughs) I don't, I don't know his... Um, Nationality. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there is a Guinness Book Museum in San Antonio, 
my boyfriend and his daughter and my daughter, we all went and I unofficially broke the record for most drum beats in one minute. Yes. Thank you. Weird flex. (laughs) (laughs) That's my daughter. She was super proud. That might have been the only time she was really proud. But yeah, it's my only little relation to Guinness Book of World Records there. (laughs) Were you doing blast beats or something? Because if you were, I think Pete Sandoval might have a word to say with you. It was just on the snare drum. (laughs) Also, you previously mentioned that you like architecture. So are you familiar with the Empire State Building? I am. Ah, it opened in 1931. Like, doesn't that seem so long ago for such a huge ass building? Like, what an amazing engineering flex for that time. Yep, it was almost 100 years ago. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't even know what was going on. At that time in America, in my head, every man wore suits or paperboy hats, and they called police officers coppers. <laughs> You'll never take me alive, coppers. <laughs> Operator, get me the number to the coppers. <laughs> exactly. That's how people talk back then. Personally, I think it's one of the prettiest examples of art deco architecture for sure. Today, we're going to chat about an often forgotten little story in history. I know, I know, trust me. I didn't like history either when I was in high school, but the teachers also didn't teach this cool shit right here. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how 77 years ago, on July 28th, a freak accident occurred. A U.S. Army bomber plane, a B-25 to be exact, got lost and smashed into one of America's most iconic skyscrapers, the Empire State Building. In this accident, we'll also highlight a woman's most incredible luck, and it actually put her in the Guinness Book of World Records, tying those two things together. Nice. Yeah, let's get into it. All of this comes from four different articles, which of course we're going to have in the show notes, and one podcast. (sighs) (laughs) Y'all. Imagine it. It was a foggy morning, July 28th, 1945. All was normal in Manhattan. Still another beautiful day. A young woman, Betty Lou Oliver, at the time was working as an elevator operator in one of the coolest buildings, the Empire State. Also, what the heck? When did elevator operators go out of style? (laughs) (laughs) That seems like that would be the coolest job ever. (laughs) I guess once people learned how to push buttons. I know. Yeah, that's so hard. It's very complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently in the 40s, we couldn't do that. Yeah, I'm sure back in the day, that poor elevator operator had to go through two weeks of training. Two weeks? (laughs) Not to mention all the uh, harassment videos and everything that they had to watch from HR or whatever. (laughs) I doubt there was. I doubt there was. And also, what did that interview look like? Can you do this? They're like pressing a button. (laughs) Well, I've never seen a button before. I'm not sure if I could do it. (laughs) Yeah, so they talk. (laughs) Also that morning... A young 20-year-old Army bomber pilot, Captain William Franklin Smith, left New Bedford, Massachusetts, although perhaps the locals would probably call it something like New Bedford or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So they left, or he left New Bedford, Massachusetts, heading to LaGuardia. The captain's mission was simple. He was bringing a couple of servicemen into New York City. He got nearby and asked if he could land, but the traffic tower said no due to lack of visibility from the weather. They also suggested it would be best for him to go to Newark, New Jersey. Not that far. BT dubs. 
But the pilot was way too cocky, perhaps, and ignored air traffic control. Sigh. Here's where I shall quote Cartman from South Park. Respect my authority. Like, that's what he (laughs) should have done. Anyway, he probably thought that he had lived through over 50 flight missions in Europe in far worse situations. What's a little fog in America? He took a slight turn from LaGuardia, and unknowingly, he was somewhere in midtown Manhattan. (laughs) He kept descending to find some kind of visual hints and maybe try to like break through the clouds. But once he did clear the clouds, he realized he was flying straight through all the skyscrapers. He quickly veered to avoid crashing into the Chrysler building, which also a really beautiful building. And at this particular point in time, we're going to leave you in suspense and we're going to cut to a commercial. We'll come back in the thick of it. Are you easily offended? Because if you are, you should probably stop listening. Are you interested in the bizarre and unusual? Like serial killers? You, you scream as loud as you can. They're already scared of you. They stab you just once. You know what I mean? Then run Or maybe they fucking kill it's, you. It's and aliens? I'm thinking either. Yeah, guys. probably. <laughs> like, but like, if you're going to take my sperm, at least make me happy. Don't forget about the paranormal. Why? Why do you look like that? Because I'm from hell, bitch! Why are you from hell? Come on strange, drunken journeys with us, your hosts, Tomcat, a.k.a. Tom Thompson. And Billy Kirby. As we drink and discuss the creepy and weird sides of life, Strange Brew Podcast, that's Strange Brew Podcast. Okay, Tom, relax. Strange Brew can be found anywhere you can find a podcast, though. From Apple Podcast and Spotify to Podbean and many more. So crack those beers or, or the booze and light those doobies because, because it's about to get strange. reunions, reruns, no matter where you turn, everyone is going back to revisit Nostalgic TV. Join us on a journey back in the day as we look at your favorite Black 90s sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, A Different World, Living Single, and Moesha. We break down a new sitcom and episode per week, discuss why the show was relevant at the time and still holds up today, discuss its impact and laugh at how different things were back in the day or how they stay the same. Check out Back in the Day with Tanya and Cheryl now on your favorite podcast app and come on a 90s Black sitcom journey with us. And we're back. <laughs> how was your break? Good. I just kind of stood around and... uh Dance a little bit. You you inspired me to dance, Isela. Yeah, it was the strangest dance. I think you kicked it off with the weird little awesome, like, teeter-totter thing back and forth. Now we're just going to stick to the strange dances. Why not? We're committed. It's part of our brand. Yeah, great. <laughs> Before we left, it was in the height of the excitement. We realized the captain is flying straight 
through the skyscrapers. Hopefully you're picturing it. This is exciting. You really can't blame them though. Because that was before uh, Google went over there to do the street view of the all the buildings and stuff. So they didn't really have anything to go by. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to say they probably had those instruments that tell you like the altimeter that tell you how far up you are. So maybe he had a little bit of a clue. But who knows, right? I mean, this guy apparently was really like a highly decorated pilot. So he was like, I don't need this stinking instrument. I could fly that plane with my eyes closed. Oh, my God. Apparently, he was trying. No, I'm just kidding. That's awful. <laughs> That's awful. Okay. So, we'll pause where he is. And now, let's cut to Betty Lou Oliver. Around this time, she was on her way up to pick up the next customer on the 80th floor. Betty Lou and the pilot, completely unaware that their lives were going to soon intersect. On a foggy Saturday morning, five blocks north of the Empire State Building... James E. Egger was dictating into his soundscriber machine a letter to Dean Crawford of the University of Michigan. He was interrupted by the sound of a plane roaring down Fifth Avenue at less than a thousand feet. And you can hear him on the tape dictating the letter as the sound of the engines get louder and louder and louder as it passes by his office window. Suddenly, his voice stops, and a second or so later, on the tape, you hear a dull thud, which is the impact of the bomber into the Empire State Building. Hopefully, you could hear that part. Did he call it a sound tater machine? So, Dean, bring me the sound tater machine on the double. Sound. I don't know if I understand. I don't think I understood it. But he even talked like that. Isn't that funny? I imagine the same thing that everybody from that era talked like that. I thought so, too. So I wanted to play that little piece because, one, it confirms this is what we thought. That's how they all sounded. Two, you can hear. I mean, obviously, this is a news piece, right? So you can hear the the sound bite that they used where someone was talking. and You can hear the engine roar just kind of like like a car going past them. <laughs> That's how close it was. It's, my God, it's just so crazy to think that that was happening. When he avoided the Chrysler building, he ended up crashing into the north side of the Empire State Building. Also working on the 79th floor of the Empire State was a 20-year-old, uh, another woman. Her name was Therese Fortier-Willig. She recalls that exact moment. She said she was at the filing cabinet when she felt the building sway to the point where she thought it was going to fall over. And it actually threw her across the room. So it like knocked her over and then kind of ricocheted her back across the room. Classic Therese. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was screaming in confusion, just completely unaware of what was going on. When I picture this scene in my head, it's just pure chaos, pure confusion. It just sounds... It sounds like a nightmare. Therese said that she saw a man across the floor whose clothes and head was on fire. And the fire was coming close to them. So they managed to close the door. And there were people passing out from smoke inhalation. She had a handkerchief, thankfully, and she covered her mouth, um, you know, kind of make like a makeshift mask, basically. Also, pause real quick. 
RIP handkerchiefs. Why did those go out of style? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Forget Kleenex. Like, we got to bring back hankies, save the environment, you know? Oh, no, girl. Because then when you blow your nose, you have to put that thing back in your pocket with the Kleenex, just throw it away. Oh, my God. How juicy are your... Okay. All right. Sure. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know, I only blow my nose if something worth it is going to be coming out. It's going to be something worthwhile. Wakala. <laughs> girl. <laughs> All right. I don't mess around when I blow my nose, girl. Wow. We should cut that out. <laughs> anyway. Back to our story. When someone opened the window on the 79th floor, Therese didn't think she was going to survive. So it was a little sad because she even said in the interview, uh, this is the one that I had mentioned, uh, the podcast, uh, it was called Radio Diaries. She took off her earrings, her rings, and she instinctually tossed them out the window in hopes that these beloved pieces of jewelry would have a life, perhaps after hers. Just kind of sad. But thankfully, she lived to obviously tell the tale. The plane had crashed into the Empire State Building, and our young Therese had tossed all of our stuff out, right? And as far as our lift lady, Betty Lou Oliver, thankfully, she survived that initial impact. But her excitement was not done for the day. What ended up happening was when the impact happened, the plane's engine kept sliding into the building for about another 20 feet and it went into the elevator shaft and the engine severed the cables to the elevator lift in which Betty Lou Oliver was in. I think I have a premonition of what her world record is now. Yeah, I know. Isn't that sad? <laughs> it sounds like some Final Destination shit going on. For real, it's so wild. Poor thing. I mean, it's already crazy enough to say I lived through that impact when a freaking plane hit the building and now she's got to plummet. And she was on the 80th floor? She was on her way to the 80th floor. At the time, she was on the 75th floor. So this immediately sent Betty Lou's um, elevator, it was elevator number six, plummeting down over a thousand feet into the sub-basement. She had not quite made it all the way to the 80th floor, thankfully, like I had mentioned. Um, and for sure, this would kill anybody, right? But not our Betty Lou. The air pressure that was built up in the shaft slowed down the free fall a tiny bit. And the thousands of feet of elevator cables swirled around at the bottom and kind of acted like a small cushion that broke the fall. I mean, don't get me wrong. She... Still was not unscathed, right? She broke both of her legs. She broke her pelvis, her neck, her back. I mean, it was absolutely horrendous. That's awful, but that's great that she survived. Yeah. This put Betty Lou Oliver in the Guinness Book of World Records for longest fall survived in a lift. Kind of awful. I mean, it doesn't really sound like a good reason to be in the world. <laughs> Like the world record book, right? It's like right up there with like having the most bee stings to the face and surviving or something that doesn't sound good at all. But it is amazing that she lived to tell the tale. When Therese, the other woman who was working there, when she was finally rescued and made it out of the building, she saw a huge crowd. Everyone's gathered around and she's still unaware of what exactly took place. She asked an onlooker, hey, what happened? What's going on? 
he just pointed up and she looked up and she saw the B-25 sticking out of the 79th floor. Can you imagine that sight? That would have been insane. (laughs) That day, 11 people died in the office. Captain William and two servicemen in the plane also died, bringing the total count of 14 people that perished from that crash. And Therese never saw her jewelry again. I poor thing. That was probably the last of our worries. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm making light of this. No, no, at least she's alive. You know what? She's alive. That's amazing. So what ended up happening from that crash was it left about a million dollars worth of damage, which is a lot of money for 1945. In today's money with the inflation calculator, it's about 16 and a half million dollars from one crash. It's kind of wild. Yeah. As far as our incredible survivor, Betty Lou, the woman who cheated death essentially twice, it took her eight months to fully recover. And as for the phrase goes to add insult to injury, that day that that happened, July 28th, that was supposed to be her last day of work. What? <laughs> That's awful. I thought you were going to say that they fired her for missing work. <laughs> That would be really awful. Oh, no, no. For truancy. Right. For truancy. (laughs) What? Like some kind of job abandonment? (laughs) Why haven't you come back? (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) So Betty Lou, she got the heck out of Dodge and uh, she ended up going to Arizona and uh, she went on to have three children with her husband, Oscar Lee. Later, she was blessed with seven grandchildren. Oscar Lee died in 1986. Then on November 24th, 1999, Betty Lou Oliver died at the age of 74 in Fort Smith, Arizona. Betty Lou's incredible story was, I mean, it's kind of like a movie and it actually inspired a book. The book is called There Once Was an Old Woman, which seems pretty befitting to survive two huge events like that back to back. Sounds like I said, like fiction. It's wild. And she had a lot of grandchildren. So another person who probably went to a lot of quinceañeras as well, <laughs> bringing it all back together here. Right. Speaking of grandchildren, what kind of stories do you think she was telling her kids when they were all complaining? Ah, quit complaining. I survived this and I fell down over a thousand feet. <laughs> oh, there goes grandma again with her falling from the elevator story again. I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. Like, you could never top that. I think that's kind of hard. Yeah, she would be as insufferable as me moving to Italy and <laughs> me retelling that story all over again. Right. <laughs> uh, so tell me your thoughts before I, I go into some fun facts about the Empire State Buildings. But I, I want to know your thoughts about, you know, did you hear about this story before? Did you know about Betty Lou's uh, story also? I never heard of any of this. I was today years old when I heard this. <laughs> Isn't that wild to think that this amazing building was crashed into and it's still standing? Like what? This is like so hard to fathom. Yeah, they don't build them like they used to anymore. They certainly don't. No. No, all joking aside, that is very incredible that she was able to survive because I'm sure they didn't have all the safety mechanisms in place for elevators. So just the fact that she survived that, that's super incredible. I know. It sounds like a nightmare, this poor lady. And uh, like I said, she she must have been one of the fucking toughest ladies. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, I broke both my legs, you know, once when I was 20 and then the other one when I was 30. No, this lady 
broke everything all at once. Oh my gosh, that's just. That's a great story. So I broke every bone in my goddamn body. <laughs> I don't know why I channeled Clint Eastwood or something for that. But. <laughs> exactly. No handkerchief could save me now or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's wild. So here are some fun facts about the Empire State Building just to kind of wrap this baby up. I'll get the wrapping paper while you tell us the fun facts. Don't forget the scotch tape. <laughs> oh, glad you reminded me. <laughs> It has its very own zip code. That's pretty fucking cool. That's metal. That is kind of metal. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. When it was being constructed, it was a race to build the world's tallest building against the Chrysler building. Word got out that the Empire State Building was going to be a thousand feet. So Chrysler made plans to make it a thousand forty eight feet. But then when it was completed in 1931... It was revealed to be 1,250 feet and remained the world's tallest building for 40 years. What? That's kind of cool. I mean, they like lie. They're like, oh, yeah, we're only making, it's only going to be 1,000 feet. And then it's like, think again, son. That was pretty smart. Because I think that if I was building the Empire State Building, so let's make it 1,046 feet. (laughs) Right? And the joke was on them. Yeah, lying pays off sometimes, kids. I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Don't say that ever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. It's pretty amazing that something that size only took 20 months to make from start to finish. Dude, this is crazy. It's huge. 20 months? Yeah, they've been fixing our roads for 20 years, and they didn't seem like they ever make any progress on it. We're still waiting, I know, for that to be wrapped up. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps because of this race, it's why five workers lost their lives during this construction. A little bit of a bummer fact there. But another interesting fact was, it was a financial drain when it first opened. Everybody loved what it looked like, but because the 1929 stock market had crashed, Um, It was only 25% occupied when it opened. So it had this really sad nickname. It was called Empty State Building. That hurts my heart a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the last cool ones, 1986, some British crazy asses, Alistair Boyd. No, how do you say that name? Alistair? Alistair? Yeah, Alistair, right? Yeah, they spell their Alistair different, which I discovered when we did the... uh... Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Okay, so uh, 1986, some British crazy asses, Alistair Boyd and Michael McCarthy went into the Empire State Building with hidden parachutes under their coats. Don't get into the future. (laughs) They jumped off the 86th floor observation deck and landed safely. But still, how crazy? Like, no, don't do that. Yeah, that is crazy. That reminds me of that guy that dresses up like Spider-Man and climbs all these ridiculously high buildings. Yes. Oh, man. I feel like I know how that poor man's going to die. I really hope he doesn't. Yeah. There's some people that just have that daredevil gene. And there are those of us that have like the self-preservation gene where (laughs) we'll do anything to continue living. I'm definitely of the latter. I don't really like to be super... Like crazy, like as crazy as I'll get is maybe running with scissors, and that's about it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't do that either. <laughs> 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 and 
And lastly, there's an observation deck actually on the 103rd floor, but it's only open to celebrities. So we got to we got to make it big so we can go up there. <laughs> yeah, we've got to go tell Drake to hook us up. Oh, yes, we channeled him today. Hopefully people saw that silly picture. <laughs> there are pictures of Tom Cruise and Taylor Swift on the 103rd floor observation deck separately, not together. Okay. Just, I don't want to start any more rumors. <laughs> Is Taylor Swift a Scientologist also? No. Well, actually, I don't think so. I don't know now. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, <laughs> that brings us to our conclusion. Very fun show. I learned all the things on this episode. It's kind of crazy. You get two cool survivor stories and this wild story about how one of our most beautiful buildings it had an army plane crashed into it. What in the hell? And the heartbreaking story of Therese losing her jewelry when she tossed it. I know. I do feel bad. I wonder what it was. Poor thing. Hey, she left with her life. That was the most priceless thing ever. Indeed. Well, congratulations, lovelies. You have done it again. You've learned along with us a pretty incredible survivor story that you can share with someone when they think they're having a bad day just because someone took their good parking spot. <laughs> we hope you've been entertained by our chat. And we invite you to join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at GreetingsTAC. Email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have a cool story to share with us. Ooh.